Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. are back and golf also happened this week the guys break down the good and the bad of the tournament they get into the nfl metagame and the nba coming down the stretch they bring on a very special guest to talk about appreciating art versus the artist all that and more this week on just press play how many losing seasons does tom brady have to have before you can fire him well, he's got to have one. He's about to win the MVP. Yeah, he's playing. Like, it's not an unnecessary roughness. It was a completely necessary roughness. The man, the man runs for 170 yards is what he got credit for, but he he walked and ran a total of like 300 yards. <laughs> as soon as it came out of my face, I knew how dumb that was. Alright, here we are. We are back and better than ever. A little shout out to right. my boy Greeny getting back on the on the, on the the tube with the Get Up show. By the way, Dad, I don't know if you've noticed. I know you're a big Greenberg fan. He's not doing so hot. The ratings for that show are not doing very well. Well, you know, I've watched a couple of them this week. You know, I catch them in glimpses. I don't know that they quite figured out what they want to be yet. I love the people on it. I mean, I love Booger. I love uh, uh, Jalen. <laughs> And and Greeny, you know I love Greeny and Michelle Beadle. Uh, don't, don't forget, know? like a future wife candidate in Michelle Beadle. She's a little out of my age range now, but I'd wife her in a heartbeat. She is beautiful. <laughs> wife her? Is that oh, a she, verb? Is yeah, wife you yeah. wife her up? Yeah, like she's wifey verb. material. She's just she's okay. cool. She's down to earth. Like yeah. Michelle Beadle's in my list of five right now. That I just need to meet her. Really? List of five. Yeah. Okay, I might want to hear this list of. I want to hear the other four. Stay, stay tuned. <laughs> okay, all right. Stay tuned. My, my future episode. Okay. <laughs> no, I do like. We don't have to hear Greeny say near as much of. We're on the Penzel Performance Hotline, and you know the one hundred flowers inbox, and all the different promotions that he has to do, like what they did with Mike and Mike. But the show's a little different. And then rest in peace to Mike Golick. I don't. I probably won't listen to Golick and Wingo just because I don't know it. He just just disappeared. Well, they've been booted to what ESPNU, hadn't they? Yeah, I think they still got ESPN yeah. Radio too. But just it's crazy. So Rosillo was trying to make a joke, and he was like, "What can we get as a headline that might get on Get Up in the morning?" And the person he was interviewing was like, "Get Up, what's that?" And I was just like, "Man, uh, life comes at you fast." Because at one point, yeah. Mike and Mike was you win the Super Bowl, you go on Mike and Mike on Monday morning. That was mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. It's like it's almost like the life of an athlete where one minute the over 30 hit for the running backs, you know, one minute they're great and then all of a sudden they're kicked to the curb. Yeah. Like it's just Mike and Mike was it. Hey. True, but now hey, Greeny is on the mothership main station. I mean, he is on ESPN the Uno. So and, the Uno. <laughs> and all of them had, all of them got a lot of money and they're mm-hmm. doing well. It's just 
I think it's more, it's not necessarily the quality of the show because I think they're still interesting and I find it interesting what they talk about and stuff. It's just ESPN's still coping with how to deal with the cable cutting and everything else. And I don't know what the answer is, but the show is tanking so well, far, but it's early. Well, but there's something to chemistry too. And I, you can say what you want, but, and I like Greeny better than Golick, but Golick, they had great chemistry together. They did. I mean, I, that's why they were what yeah, fifteen years, I guess, yeah. or whatever they More were. More than that, like nineteen or something. Like yeah, as- I mean, it was. But it was the show. It was the show in the morning, and so I, I got faith because Greeny's put a good team together, or ESPN's put a good team together. And I like Michelle Beadle and Jalen Rose definitely have that chemistry because they've been doing NBA mm-hmm. countdown. They're really good together. That's a good group of people. They'll figure it. Out. I think you're right. It's a week, and people are already freaking out. But and is Jalen Rose on ESPN all the time? I mean, you see him <laughs> the dude I mean, doesn't from daylight sleep. to dark. I don't think he sleeps at all. He's all the hey, time. You got to give the people what they want. That's his thing. <laughs> Jalen Rose, I guess. So. Shout out to Jalen. Let's get on to. We had our little sidetrack there because I know we're, we're some Mike and Mike people, so I knew we had to get under that a little bit. But let's do best and worst of the week. Dad, do you have a best of the week? Well, yeah. I mean, you're I got, not getting in fights this week, are you? No, no fights this week. <laughs> well, okay, all right. Well, let's, I mean, almost with my sister over a Facebook <laughs> pictures, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Um, All right, best of the week. Let me have it. I mean, I've got three best, and I'm gonna, I'm sorry. You just got to do. They're quick. They're quick Jeez, hitters. All right, they're quick hitters. It was my birthday wow. week. I had a birthday this week. Yeah. I Shout out, happy older. birthday, happy belated, happy late birthday. Thank yeah. you. That wasn't. I wasn't fishing for that, but yeah, he was. So, he was well, you got really it. fishing Be- because yeah. it was my birthday uh, on Friday night. I Which went and saw so many more times can you mention the word birthday? And <laughs> all right, all right, I'm done. But so Friday night, me and my favorite girl Tammy went and saw a movie, and that. That was fun. We haven't done that in a while. Wifey. I, I, I wifed her and took her to the movie or whatever. I don't know. That can sound bad. Anyway, um, Saturday, I had lunch at Hooters with a bunch of homies. You know, a bunch of, uh, we had probably, gosh, 20 people uh, at Hooters, kind of for a little birthday oh, lunch. It was a good time. Yeah. And then uh, maybe one of the best things, of course, you have to get your license redone so many, every so many years. And this was the year. So I sh- for your thirtieth birthday, you have yeah. To? When I turned thirty nine again, uh, I had to redo my license. <laughs> so I showed up at eight o'clock uh, to get my driver's license done, and this dude shows up right behind me with six cups of McDonald's coffee. I guess he was going to bribe because I'm going to tell you, at the driver's license place, they're usually not in a rush at all. Sure, at, at all. Sure. No. And uh, but anyway, sure. I took this coffee in. I got in and out of there in fifteen minutes. Got my new driver's license. I mean, that's that's. Great, due That's to the guy. Bring, I mean, spectacular due to the help from the coffee guy. I don't or? think it hurt. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, shout out to him. Then shout out All to right. the guy mm-hmm. with the McDonald's coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my best. Those three. All right, L. What you got? It's pretty well, solid. I got nine pretty solid best so far for Dad. Oh, nine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I, uh, this week, uh, I got to go on two dates with Hannah. So that's something that rarely happens. Uh, we went to go to dinner and a movie, uh, at the beginning of the week. And then last night we went out to, uh, dinner and an arcade. So I, that was just super fun. Had a great time. So, all right. Well, so. I did not go on any dates. Clearly, I'm the only only one here that doesn't have a significant other. I spent the majority of my time perusing through Twitter and watching different stuff on the tube and binge watching Bachelor Life. Yeah, you know, it doesn't get much better, right? So, my best, it was actually going to be the worst, and then the tides kind of turned. So, 
I don't know, y'all, you probably saw it. So it was circling the web, but Tony Fina, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. On Wednesday, they do the par three for the Masters. Mm-hmm. And he was part of, he's, he's in the Masters, but he was part of the par three and he hole in one it. He had his first hole in one on the Masters. It's got to be in Augusta. It's got to be one of the best moments of your life, right? So the dude was celebrating and he started running and he starts backpedaling and somehow missteps. Dad, you don't need to watch this video, but he takes a misstep, okay. snaps his ankle, oh. steps oh. on the side and it dislocates. I thought he snapped it, but it dislocates. And it's again, Dad, you probably shouldn't watch it because I know you're kind of squirmy yeah. on those type of Can't things. Can't do it. But Gross. he goes down to a knee, and it, it reminded me of like Martin Gramatica when he tore his ACL celebrating that made field goal back in the <laughs> oh, day. <yeah. laughs> but so in front of everybody in the biggest moment, it's on you know it's on ESPN, and he it, he he snaps his ankle and then takes the knee and then just pops it. it. Clearly, it's just dislocated. He just pops that sucker right back into place, and he like limps <laughs> off. But you can tell it's like man, he still has the effing Masters tomorrow. And he might have just ruined wow. it by celebrating this hole in one. And he just got 72 more holes to play. That's <laughs> all. So what did he do? He popped it back in, came back. After day one, he was second to Jordan Speed, two strokes behind. So he came through and he didn't take it. He asked the doctors about it and they told him, you're not going to hurt it any worse. I mean, it's just it might hurt and be swollen, but there ain't nothing else you can do to it. So he played through it, ended up two strokes back from the lead after day one. He finished today. Uh, I didn't see how he finished at the end, but he was, as of like 5.15 p.m., he was tied for 10th. Top 12 finishers get an invite to come back next year, so he may have solidified himself to an automatic invite to come back. And that's after... Kev, he... What did he get? He, well, here, he finished... He was minus seven, tied for 10th. Tied for 10th. So okay, so he seven. has an automatic mm-hmm. invite to come back. He almost broke the record Very on the cool. 18th hole of his last on, on today, on Sunday, he was going for the seven straight birdie, which would have tied Tiger Woods for the most consecutive birdies in the Masters. So, dude went from, I thought he ruined his Masters opportunity to actually competed pretty well. So, that's my best of the week. Sorry, I got a little long-winded there. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me about I can't have three anymore. It didn't take that long. <laughs> All right, well, Dad, do you have, how many worst do we have? Do we have about five or six, or are we sticking well, to there's, one? There's just kind of, I have a half of a worst. Okay, how's that? Okay, so okay, <laughs> I have a half a worse. So I know, a hybrid worse. I know you young people don't get on Facebook much, but Christy, my sister, for my birthday, posted a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of old pictures. I thought they were great. I thought yeah. they were fantastic. Well, yeah. So anyway, it was it was kind of. I mean, that's that's me. That's who I was. It's probably somewhere I was cuter than others, but you know. <laughs> So anyway, I don't know. That was a. It was like, oh my God, Christy, really? Did you really do that? But let me look at those again. So it was. It was kind of that deal. Well, you better be careful. A lot of things we mentioned on the podcast, we throw in the show notes. Uh. So do we need to throw those pictures in the show notes? Or no, we don't. Work? We don't need to put that in the show notes. If people listen and go look, hey, whatever. It, I mean, but we, we probably don't need them in the show notes. So. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you heard, it was his birthday this week for anyone that hasn't caught that yet. So, Oh, my God. I mean, hey, All when right, you get L- my age, that's a big deal. I have a birthday. Made okay? another one. Yeah. LJ, LJ, what do you got for the worst? Your well, worst I'm going to bring it down a little bit. I, it just stuck with me. Okay. The, the Humboldt Broncos, did you hear about this? 
the hockey yeah, team in Canada, the junior hockey team. Yeah, it was just uh, it was 14, I think 15 uh, people died in a, in a bus accident um, in Canada. And it's just it was out of 28 people that were on the bus. Yeah. The 15 passed away and 13 yeah. were injured. Like there was no most of them. Were they, ran into a, was, they ran into a tractor a collision with the tractor trailer. Mm. And uh um, headed for their Friday night playoff game and what like, I think most of them were between the ages of sixteen and twenty or something like that. Like that's just mm-hmm. that's rough. Um mm-hmm. so I you know, I there's not much we can do from here, but there's like there's like a Kickstarter type thing where you can like uh give them some money or something. So maybe we'll link that in the show notes. But and I don't the, know, it just stuck NHL with me. That was, a, the NHL did a great I mean they did because uh, a lot of those players have been in that same spot doing travel leagues and yeah. doing all of that. So they did a moment of silence. I saw in the Winnipeg and Blackhawks game. Yep, they, they all, wore Broncos they all came on the back. out with Broncos yeah. on the back of their jersey. Yeah. Which I mean, they must have got those made. That was for the game on Saturday. The news broke kind of late Friday night, Saturday morning. So it, it's a sad story, and it sounds yeah. from what I've heard. The what's even probably harder. The guy that was in the tractor trailer, no injuries whatsoever, and they detained oh, him, but he guy. was released. I guess because they assumed it was he's innocent. Just a freak accident, but yeah, I don't know any details, it's just, but it's tough. Stuff like that happens. That's and it's a rough just, deal. It's terrible. Anyway, thoughts sorry, and prayers to them for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thoughts yeah. and prayers to them. And I don't know if this is the right time, but we miss Stephen Hawking, you know, died was yeah. it 10 days ago, two weeks ago. And we, we lost a jewel there. Um, yeah, we really did. And, and we probably should have shouted out to, to Mr. Yeah. Hawking, but yeah. anyway, sad things. Yep. Yes. So for my worst of the week, it's, it's sad in a different way. I'm 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 let down by us as people and maybe some journalists out there. So Monday night, you I'm sure you, you I know y'all saw, but DiVincenzo made a name for himself with Villanova. Became a superstar overnight, coming mm-hmm. off the bench, scoring 31, leading Villanova to the championship. It was probably the biggest moment, if not his life, definitely his basketball life. And after the game. The dude was having to answer questions about in 2011 when he was 14 years old. He had a tweet where he was quoting a Meek Mill lyric where he used a racial epithet. He used the N word and they were asking him, did you make these tweets? And the, I mean, this kid was 14 years old. Why, why are we going? My big, my, I guess my worst is why on this night where this guy scores 31, are we trying to go dig up dirt on him? Yeah. And then also I was 14 once. I probably made the same tweets, if not worse later than 14 like just we've all been 14 and uh, social media it's a different world now and you got to be careful it is a different world but it just sucks that the guy's coming off the high of his life and then he goes to the press conference and someone's asking him about a tweet he made when he he hasn't tweeted since 2016 at all yeah and his first question is did you tweet this tweet in 2011 using the n-word and it's like i mean he was a kid that dude was a kid I just thought that was it sucks that on the biggest night of his life he's answering those kind of questions and for sure. It gets me back to yeah. the point. I know I'm not the first one to think this, but why have we not started a business or someone started the business of we'll just scour through we'll either make something that does it or we'll do it personally, go through all of your tweets and alert you of any tweets that could flag as, you know, controversial. Just realize what you put out there on social media is it's out, out there. there. It is out and there. It, it is a different yeah. world than when I was growing up and People could get away. Even when well, I was, 
or even when y'all were to some degree, I mean, certainly you, LJ. MySpace but, was as much as it was, yeah. Yeah, but if you put it out there, it's out there forever. Forever, yeah. So, All right, well, let's get down. We're going to do a, a little remix this week. In honor of the Masters, okay. we're gonna do. We're gonna do. It's gonna be some uh, chip shots instead of layups. We got some chip shots coming up. <laughs> and our first, our first chip shot is. We already mentioned it. The Masters. Any, any uh, thoughts, Dad? I know you were kind of watching a little bit at least today. Well, I sure watched it with uh, some interest. I, I had a little uh, side wager going with my buddy, Doctor Doug, and it looks like. I hope. I hope it went as well as your college side bet went. Your college basketball? Uh, no, I think we wind up tying. I mean, I owe he and oh. Tammy and I owe he and his wife dinner, and he's we tied on a bottle of tequila. So we'll probably get one anyway and share it at some point. Um, but but no, so to the Masters, I've really enjoyed seeing Spieth uh, make a run today. Um, I like yeah, I like the guy. I think he's a classy guy. He's a great golfer. Um, he made a really good run. I like seeing that uh, Reed. I can't remember his first name. It's Patrick Reed. It's something with a P. But but I Jordan seeing, Spieth and Patrick Reed. Yeah, Jordan yeah, Spieth. Yeah. And then Ricky Fowler kind of made a run at the end. John Rahm was close. Shout out to Ricky Fowler's pants. He always wears the best <laughs> he, clothes. That dude has some style. <laughs> he wears that bright orange, man. It's hard to miss him. Shout um, out to Davey. Davey knows me and him have always been Ricky Fowler fans because he just has he has the most swag of any golfer I've ever seen. I mean, I like Ricky <laughs> Fowler. I do. So it was a good it was a good uh, uh, tournament to watch. Um, I, I did. I enjoyed so, it. So Ti- Tiger didn't have the performance we were hoping. I yeah. think what my kind of thoughts from that was Tiger's performance wasn't what we were hoping for, but it's probably what we should have expected. I'm sure he isn't happy about it, but really, if you look at what he's gone through the past five to seven years and the ups and downs, just the fact that he made the Masters, he finished the tournament, played all four days, that's improvement. I know he wanted to win. He's a competitor, and he was coming out to win. But this is probably what we should have expected. No doubt. Don't no you doubt. Think? Yeah. The Masters, Augusta is not a place to knock the rust off. And he's still, no. he's still a little bit in that mode, I think, trying to get his game in line. And I respect that he tried it, and he finished at plus one uh, for the weekend, you know, on the, on the course. Yeah. But – uh, yeah, that's a that's a solid showing. Uh, Tiger's not done. I think I think we're going to hear more about him in the future, and for golf, I hope so. Oh, so do you have any? I have some other thoughts that has nothing to do with the play on the course. But do you have anything you want to add? Or I mean, I watched ten minutes, and the course looks really nice. Uh, <laughs> the course is beautiful. It is a beautiful yeah, course. It really is. <laughs> okay, gorgeous. Well, I have a few things then. First, why do the caddies have to wear those ridiculous suits? Oh, they don't look great. I do <laughs> they not just, know. It looks, it looks ridiculous. They do look well, ridiculous. It looks like they just like stapled on the names too like the last <laughs> yes. second. Like they could have put awful. like a damn iron okay, on. I'm glad y'all think the same thing. They're just, they're terrible. No caddy probably like wakes up, puts it on, looks in the mirror and go, can't wait till I'm on CBS today in this, in this jumpsuit. I agree. They're horrible. They're, they're terrible. Okay. Well, then we're all in agreement. Second thing, I've heard about this before, but I did some more research. I heard about it this week again, and I did some research on it, and I think it's awesome. The no phones at Augusta is the coolest rule ever. Have you heard this, LJ? No. At the Masters, they don't allow. Their rule is cell phones, beepers, and any other electronic devices are strictly prohibited on the grounds at all times. Anyone who violates this policy is subject to removal from the grounds and permanent loss of credential at the course. Wow. So if you're walking on the course, you have to leave. And it's 
It's funny. I was thinking about how I would go through this and I would at one point go, I don't want to leave my phone for six hours. Like you, like I heard reports of, or like people talking about, you see all these journalists leaving their, like at the car, getting ready to leave their phone. And it looks like they're leaving their family for a week or something. <laughs> and but with the way Twitter is now and the way you work, you're always constantly updating stuff. So at first I think I would be a little lost without my phone, but it reteaches you the aspect of talking to random people, making eye contact with random people, not looking at your phone when you're bored, instead finding someone yeah. or looking at something. I I think at first I would probably be like, what do I do? And then I would enjoy it profoundly. I think it's yeah. awesome. I do too. And I think we ought to have like a no phone zone every now and then. Just, just put them away. I think just it would be life. amazing. Yeah. Just let's live life. Let's look at each other and talk to each other for a minute. Out of everyone I've heard, obviously we don't get to, none of us have been to the Masters and we didn't go this year, but one day we might get credentials. <laughs> but uh they they complain about it right at first and everyone talks about how it's actually a really cool thing and they enjoyed it and that it was it was neat to be completely disconnected from it. I think that's how most people would come away thinking, you know, I should spend an hour a week or two hours a week where I just, I'm not when you're asleep, like when you're up and you just be in the presence. I think. Well, now, you know, it's like Klosterman said, what is the cost of the loss of daydreaming? And because we've all got our phone all the time. And yeah. and I do think creativity is is in those moments of reverie. It's a wonderful thing. It's also the devil, I think. But Yeah. As every good thing is, really. As every good thing is, yeah. Chet's thing is hang up and hang out. And Mm. why do we have to have something come up for us to realize that we should do that more often? I think we should just do it more often. And I say that, and I need to practice what I preach instead of just saying it. But anyway, yeah. on to the the last thing I want to say. And I don't know if you'll agree with this, Dad. Golfers are not athletes. What? I, I, well, I mean, did you look at these guys? I mean, they're not going to run over a defensive tackle. Um, they may not dunk a basketball. But what what's your score in golf, Kev? Okay, okay. Uh, now I will <laughs> I will agree. It, it blows my mind when I saw Rory, Rory McIlroy was in the he like hit it off into the trees, and so he was going to get it, and they like are crowded a line around him, mm-hmm. and he's getting ready. Yeah, to they hit. would not you stand there never, with me. <laughs> well, you would never. You wouldn't. I don't want people in front of me, like anywhere in front of me when I shoot, because I don't know where the ball's going, and they're giving him like this narrow line, and I just it blows my mind. So I will say it's a skill, but they're not athletes. There's a difference. Yeah, Dad, are you I, trying to presume if somebody is better at something than Kevin, then they're an athlete? Does that make like because there's uh, a lot of athletes in the world? Athlete? So, <laughs> well, but okay, we've talked about. I mean, Cameron Crutwig. I'm not sure that he is the best athlete in the, the world. Pit Snoggle, the 2018 Pit Snoggle Award winner. Shout out to that, Mr. Pit Snoggle. <laughs> but he is a hell of a basketball player. So I think with some golfers, they're they're maybe not the best athletes, but they're really good golfers. And you can correlate that maybe to any, but some of the golfers are great athletes. Yes. And, and I think Tiger started that when you realize this dude is physically mm-hmm. a, a physical specimen and also a really good golfer. But you also see the guys that are 60 years old with a beer belly that are still competing in the Masters. Is is Vince Wolfork a great athlete? Yes. He How is. strong that man is. But he's got yeah, a fast huge is. belly. Yeah, but he's also pushing around 300-pound men. These golfers are just swinging a club. Uh, uh, Mr. Reed, that, 
P. P. Reed, we can't remember his first name or whatever, but he, I mean, he did look a little maybe soft, but he did some things with the golf ball. <laughs> yeah, he, that, did, he does suffer from RFD. He had a little round face disease. <laughs> he had a little, he had a chubby young face, but what, I mean, he, I think he was really good. I mean, athlete, yes, golfers can be athletes. Are race car drivers, are race car drivers athletes? No, I don't think so. They're yeah, skilled th- professionals. They're and not they, athletes. And they have endurance. I think they have endurance. They're more of athletes than golfer is. No, I don't think so. I don't think a race car Here, driver is more of an athlete. So I will. A- I want to give credit to one thing that I have to give so much credit to golfers for is when when you're uh, Patrick Reed and you're winning, you're in the lead, and they try not to look at the score. There's one thing. There, there's no team. There's no team element. You're it, if you screw up. It's you. You're on the camera. It's all on you. I just the, the pressure would mount so quick. I think you can't hide. You're right in front of it. And so when he's hitting, I know they don't like to look at the scoreboard, but it doesn't matter. You still hear. You know where the holes are, and you hear the crowd roar over near where 14 is, and you know Jordan Speed's on 14, so you know the guy behind you probably just birdied or eagled. So the fact that they fight through that pressure, I think, is impressive, and they can keep that composure. But Interestingly, in 2004, Dad, ESPN got a panel of experts, including sports scientists and U.S. Olympic Committee members. And all these people are people that study the science of muscles and movements. And they attempted to identify the most demanding, physically demanding 60 sports with 10 categories. Mm -hmm. Endurance, strength, power, speed, agility, flexibility, nerve, durability, hand-eye coordination, and analytic aptitude. Golf ranked, sit down for this, uh, 51 out of 60, just behind table tennis and horse racing, but above roller skating and cheerleading. I would I would say that a golfer is more athletic than a horse, than a jockey. They were. They were just barely, but they were. <laughs> well, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I'm not saying they're the best athletes. If I, had to, if I was in a fight and I could have some race car drivers defending me or golfers, I'd probably take the race car drivers, but... <laughs> Not the table first tennis on, guys. <laughs> I mean, first on that ranking, they ranked boxing as the top athletes, followed by hockey, football, and basketball was their top four. For what it's worth, hockey was second. Yeah, Why wouldn't hockey, hockey second. be second? I think hockey takes physically; it demands a lot from. Uh, you. Imagine playing football on ice with skates. I mean, mm. no, I would, I'm not saying that if they're not athletic. Oh no, but I'm just basketball. Probably has always been. I would think second. They're just they're they have to be skilled in so many different things. Unlike hockey. So I don't want to get hung on here. All right. On to the next topic I w- we wanted to get on to was so the 76ers are having a great they're on a great run and we'll get into that in a second, but Ben Simmons is having a great year. As we he was at LSU, we thought he was a really good player at LSU. We expect him to be a good pro, but he missed his full rookie season. And now he's having a great year this year, averaging 16, 8, and 8. And now he's up for the Rookie of the Year award. And, Dad, you seem to have questioned whether that's fair for him to be up for the award. Well, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair at all because – and it's something you mentioned, I think, last week a little bit about Basley, uh, the guy that's going to go to the the G League. Right. Because you learn – Ben Simmons has already learned what it's like to travel and to be in one city this night and another city the next night. And so, so much of being a rookie is learning the ins and outs of the NBA and the travel, and, and it's a job. And it's just not right that he's got that under his belt. 
and can be up for Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year is a first-year player in the league, and I'm sorry if he missed his first year because of injury. I don't even remember what happened. I, Joel Embiid, I know, was was injury, and wasn't Joel Embiid up for Rookie of the Year? Was that last year or this year? Last year he was, but he also missed a ton of games, too. So I just don't think it's fair. It needs to be a Rookie of the Year is a first-year player in the league, and, and I think that's the way it should be. Well, so interestingly, what Ben Simmons is doing this year, I thought he was going to be good. He's been fantastic. He he literally does not shoot a three. He will not shoot it. He's 0% on the year because he won't shoot a three. He actually hasn't shot one since high school, fun fact. but Wow. And he's still averaging 16 points per game, eight rebounds, eight assists on 54% shooting from the field. So it, people don't – they don't know how to guard him. He. I'm telling you, Dad, watch him in the playoffs. He's got he's not LeBron, he's different, but he's got a lot of magic to him, and it's fun as heck to watch. That being said, Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz is averaging 20 points per game and four rebounds, four assists. And the Jazz are 46 and 33 and, and slated, I think, the fourth seed in the West, which is a tougher conference than what the Sixers mm-hmm. are in. And Someone asked, Donovan Mitchell was not, he was drafted like 14th overall and was not expected to be near this good. And someone asked, why, why, how have you been able to make this jump? And he said, all of a sudden this offseason, I became a full time basketball player. I worked out all the time and I went to the gym all the time. I didn't have classes. I didn't need to go to make any money. It was just gym, sleep, repeat. That was it. And so Ben Simmons has had a full year of learning that one. I'm a full-time basketball player for a full year. I'm working out all the time. I'm going to the gym. I'm getting figured out. And also, Donovan Mitchell has never before this year played a season where he played over 45 games, and now he's got an 82-game season. Ben Simmons has seen what it's like to travel five nights out of the week. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I'm in total agreement with you, Dad. I love what Ben Simmons is doing, and I can't wait to watch the Sixers in the playoffs. But I don't think it's fair to have him up for Rookie of the Year after being through the process for a year. It's just completely. It's agree. like. It's, it's like it's saying a, it's if I sit farce. Aaron Rodgers for the first year of his for his rookie season in the NFL, but then he plays the following year, he's up for rookie of the year because he never played. No, he got to sit in locker room and sit in film and learn. But I wanted to bring up to you guys so this the whole trust the process. Uh, rest in peace to Sam Hinkie. He did, he didn't get to see it through since they fired him. But the 76ers whole thing with the process and drafting all these guys and trading for picks and tanking, they are a legitimate contender in the East now. And since Christmas, they are 35 and 12, which is second best in the NBA, not the East second best in the NBA behind only the Rockets. They're on a 14 game winning streak. They just beat Cleveland the other night where Simmons and LeBron went toe to toe. And Ben Simmons went, he went 27, 15 and 13 in a game against LeBron James, the predecessor at his position. Hmm. Now with Kyrie, they, so they've now on this 13-game winning, 14-game winning streak, they've moved to the three seed in the East, which means if they win their first-round matchup, which you would think they would, they will now play the Celtics in the second round, who are now out of Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. So you think they have a legitimate shot to win that right. game. And then if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, you never know what happens. Like, this team has a shot. Joel Embiid is going to be wearing the Rip Hamilton mask in the playoffs and – it's going to be fun to watch the Sixers moving forward. I'm just saying they have a shot. Does Does Ben Simmons does he play defense? Is yeah, he, does he good at defense? He, I mean, he's what he's six eight, really, right? He's six so eight. That's what's even, he was six eight in college. They're saying now that he's grown since he's been in the NBA. So that first year that he didn't play at all, he grew two inches, and he was six ten at the start of this year because he's still only 20 years old. 
So the kid's still growing. Wow. Some people are saying he might be seven feet. I don't know. They don't. They don't weigh people. Like Kevin Durant still says he's six ten, but I think he's closer to seven. I don't know. Hey, a Philly Cleveland series would be one worth watching. I would definitely tune I in. I would. Oh, I would love it. And I just think it, it'll be the perfect. I mean, people have known Joe Embiid's good, and that he's if he can stay healthy, he's one of the best in the league. Just he's one of the centers we haven't got to see in a while. But this that would be the moment for the Sixers to really go, hey, we're for real. If we get a seven-game series with the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals, Ben Simmons gets to go at LeBron. I mean, that would just – I'm just pumped thinking about the possibilities of that. Yeah. No, me too. I'd love to see that. But so, real quick on to the next quick topic. Dad, you mentioned this. The next chip in, the the NBA jerseys. Have you seen something a little funky with those? Well, I noticed Cleveland wearing one that said the land uh, the other day, and Golden State had (laughs) one that said something. It was like the city, I think. What what is – I don't know. I truly haven't – and other than they're trying to sell new jerseys, right? Is that it? Is that the whole deal? So that's that's pretty much it. They – this offseason. That's that's yeah, the basic So this offseason, the NBA signed a deal with Nike over the offseason. They've been, I think, I want to say they were Adidas before, but they signed a deal with Nike, and Nike wants to make a splash. And NBA is all about, they're about the money part of it. So they're like, let's make the land jerseys to where it's just another Cavalier jersey, a LeBron jersey people can buy. But so they signed this deal, and so Nike decided they came up with, they're going to do a city edition for each uniform for each team. And it's supposed to be uniforms that are that feature designs inspired by special special features from each team's local area. So, like Detroit has one that says Motor City on it. Dallas, I forget what Dallas has said on there, but they tried to make it different colors and and they just they tried to go out. And some of them are kind of cool. Some of them are way too out there. And it's all just a reach to sell jerseys. Do, do people actually call Cleveland the land? Yeah, I mean. I've never heard that. I think they didn't have anything good to say, so they thought, we'll just call it the land. I think LeBron said it one time in a tweet, so they're like, let's throw that on the jersey. Well, yeah, the land just seems pretty stupid to me, the land. So the worst of them is maybe the Mavericks. They they have a pretty ugly one. Yeah. I will say that they like it. It's they try. Normally a black jersey is cool, but they forced like this black and neon green jersey, and it just doesn't make sense with the Mavericks or what they are and their Mm. colors. and. It's not that great. It looks like someone like created a team on NBA 2K, and that was the jersey they came up with, honestly. <laughs> the Utah Jazz have one. It was what the Donovan Mitchell wore in the dunk contest, and I think it's ugly. It's got like different colors of orange from the top all the way down to the mm. bottom. It's weird. And then the best one, though, I want you all to go look it up. We'll put it in the show notes. The best one is the Miami Heat's uh, alternate jerseys in their Miami Vice, and it's like the colors from the Miami Vice, the, sh- the movie. And it it's they're badass jerseys. The colors go well together. They're cool. Oh for yeah, the most they part, do. That's amazing. Yeah, you see them. Those things are <laughs> yeah. those things are dope. But for the most part, this, that's got some just aesthetic. A, yeah, there's some aesthetic appeal to those for sure. <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, it's just to make some money. That's all they are. Well, all right. So this next topic is going to be it's going to be a fun one because it involves LJ's beloved Denver Broncos in a way. So, Marquette King, probably I would say the most well-known punter. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's fair. He's the biggest that's celebrity fair, yeah. in punting. He, he, I, There's I, no question. What I, I kind of my thoughts were, he's arguably the best punter last year, but he made more highlights for things that had nothing to do with his punting skills than any other punter in the history of the NFL. 
And I don't think you can yeah. really argue that. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. But so Marquette King was cut by Gruden because reportedly King's personality didn't click with Gruden's personality. I heard they never even met, though. They never met. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least according to to Marquette. So, but let's set let's set the whole scene, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna let I, I know LJ has something he wants to chime in. But so now King got cut. And it saved the Raiders two point a whole two point nine five million dollars. That probably Ooh. helped some pay for that ten year one hundred million dollar they signed Gruden to. Woo. <laughs> now that's so. not a what well, we'll That's not a part of their salary cap, right? The coach does not count. Oh, correct. No, it's yeah. different. But just, okay. I just right. had to throw in how much Gruden gets paid to coach. Well, in the no doubt. But is three million dollars is saving three million dollars on your salary cap? Is that a is that a big amount? I mean. It depends what you're no, going no, for. I mean, it's I don't know. It depends where the, it's big enough to like restructure somebody to make sure that they want to stick around or something. So it's like worth that, doing. It's, not, it's three million's not a yeah. Poke they in the just eye. signed. Yeah. They just signed King to this deal in a year ago. So okay, all right. The general manager likes like the deal at the time at least. But so they cut him, and now he's gone to the Raiders' arc rival, the Denver Broncos, for what was it? Uh, mm-hmm. Three years, seven million. Is that right? LJ, I think that's uh, yeah, that sounds exactly right. Yeah, yeah. the three or yeah. seven million to go play for LJ's beloved horses and <laughs> LJ. What do you just? What do you got? Because I know I have I have something I want to say about old John. Well, okay, so my my concern is that um, he's I I don't I I don't think Gruden's going to be a good coach. Like I'm I'm really not um, too worried about. But I think in this particular case, he's right. I think okay. if you look at like what is what is the job of a quarterback and it's to put points on the board. What is the job of of a linebacker and it's to keep points off the board. What's the job of a punter? It's to get the ball as far away from your end zone as possible. But when you're the only punter maybe ever to have four penalties called on you in a year and give up field position, then I I think that that's a pretty big red flag against what your job is. You know, if you're not good at the one thing you're good at, but he is. Well, um, but he is. His net average is top. It's like it was third, third in the NFL last third year. In the NFL. Third. Yeah. Well, and he's going to be punting at altitude for half the season, which which is going to help. Can only help that, I would imagine. And he's going to get to punt a lot because this offense hadn't figured anything out yet. So <laughs> uh, he'll get plenty of opportunities. He'll also get plenty of opportunities but, to do his little Bronco dance that he did while he was at the Raiders. Well, he, he said he's giving it up. He said ah. that was that was messing with the Broncos. So he's got to find something new. But sure I don't know. I just think if your job is field positioning, then you can't give up field positioning showing off like it's I understand like you got to have fun playing football and he is the best athlete playing punter. So like, you know, he can actually make some plays, too, if like a bad snap well, happens do, or are, um, do we actually know that he's the best athlete playing punter or does does he look like the best athlete playing punter? No, I mean, have you seen him run? Like he's he's run with the ball a yes, couple he times. Is. And he's, but he I looks first, like I, a wide receiver. Well, he does he's look athletic, and he's six three, yeah, and he I does. Mean, he's not in Sebastian Janikowski. No. Shape, you know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We're dancing around it, but yes, he looks, he's not he Sebastian. Like, he, he's a slim black man, so you think he's probably athletic. He's not a portly man like Sebastian well, Janikowski. Race has <laughs> race has nothing to do with it. He's just he's a he's a 
in shape fella, you know, like he's not, (laughs) he's not Santa Claus playing punter. So LJ thinks, LJ Um, thinks that it was the right move by Gruden. Dad. First thing I want to say is, is I, I'm kind of in agreement with LJ in that I don't think Gruden's going to be all that in a bag of chips at Oakland. I think he's he's burning down the Raiders. I'm in agreement and we'll get into that in a second. (laughs) I think he's overrated and I like him as an analyst some, I mean, he's not the best analyst, but he's good. Anyway, I can't believe he would cut a guy without meeting him. I mean, talk to him and see what's up. You got to talk to the person. Mm-hmm. And then this is what stuck out to me. So I read a, an, a, a quote that Marquette King said, the cool thing about the Broncos is that they encourage you to be yourself. Players play a lot better when they can let their hair down and be themselves. It's cool. They encourage it. That is the definition of the Raiders. The Raiders used to let you be you just win, baby. So are, is is what you know that makes no sense to me that that is what the Raiders have been all these years and now he's leaving the Raiders because they won't let him just be him. Yeah. Am I am I crazy? Well, I mean, you're right, but that's also that's that's the that's the thing that Gruden's bringing to the table is uh it's not just win baby, it's just do your job baby. And uh the Bron- and, <laughs> I don't and have near the not to a, it. It doesn't. That's no. I, I didn't. I don't think Gruden's got any good catchphrases besides uh, "Spider Y two Banana" or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah. um, the sheriff. I call him the sheriff. And the days of Shanahan are gone too. The the yeah. days of the Maha Salute are gone, and the days of Von, Von Miller are here, where you where you get flagged for one too many thrusts a couple of times. I mean, the Broncos well, are the fun team to be so, on in the AFC West. I think. Part of me. All right. So LJ has made me think a little differently. It hasn't made me change my mind, but. So we talked about before with the, we mentioned this and this isn't going to get into a huge Kaepernick conversation because then we have to slot off another hour to have that conversation. But we talked about (laughs) how you don't want your, you you don't want to sign a backup quarterback that's going to cause the hoopla of that uh, starting quarterback one. So I think Gruden maybe is thinking a punter's a punter. I don't want my punter to be wanting or needing press conferences before and after every practice and being the biggest news on my team. I'd rather my punter just be the punter that no one hears about because he's doing his job. So I get that to an extent. But I like what Marquette King said about how players play better when they're themselves and they get to play with their hair down. But what really alarms me with John Gruden is what he what he said about at the draft combine about analytics and about today's game and technology. His quote was this, I'm trying to throw the game back to 1998. I'm not going to rely rely on modern technology. I will have a few people that are professional help me in that regard, but I still think doing things the old-fashioned way is a good way. I don't look at data or data, whatever you call that. If you can't pronounce it, then I'm going to stick to what I know. (laughs) That's just asinine. I think... If I'm a Denver fan, I'm like loving that. Oh man, ten years! Yeah, ten years. So, it's going to be a glorious decade. I mean, so I, Gruden's saying there's a lot of technology that may or may not be able to help me, and that I know my my rivals are going to be using, but I don't want to because you can't pronounce data or data. So I'm just not going to do it. And then him cutting Marquette it's, King before, I understand his thought process, but at least meet him and go, hey, I'd really like you to cut this stuff out. And maybe Marquette King goes, 
you're right. Let's cut it out. And they, they have a happy marriage. Because he's but, a good punter. I mean, he is a good punter. But There's then no again, doubt. that's on that's on Marquette King says they never met. So we don't know the whole story. I mean, another thing to consider, too, is that like what like he, we don't know, although he's not looking at the, the data data, but uh, <laughs> we don't know the value uh, without going through some really deep statistics of how important getting an extra eight net yards per punt is like. We assume that it's important, but, but like, we're also not going to look at that. We're not going to look at if there's data that tells us that we're not going to look because we don't like technology. This is going to be a glorious decade. It's weird. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait. So do you think this John Gruden also not eat potatoes or tomatoes because there's a difference <laughs> in the way it could be said? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> I just think. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be a good time to be a Bronco fan. Oh, I think so for the next 10 years. It's so good. What's his track record? He so won a Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's team and then fell to shit it's gonna be he doesn't have tony dunchy's team this year he has the raiders so it's gonna be great and he's burning them he's turning down what okay sorry let's go listeners i don't think this is the last time you hear about lj talk about how happy he is that gruden is the head of the raiders franchise we have but 10 the reason years. i played <laughs> the reason i played the air horns is because we finally get to get on a topic that i know me and lj have been interested in getting into it seems like lately there's been in the past, I say lately, in the past five years or so, there's been more and more cornerbacks every year. And there's multiple guys that are like top 10 projected picks or if not top 10 first rounders. And those guys end up being good all the time. And so I started wondering why are all these really good corners popping up? And I think the reason is, and I, I say, I think, I, I think it's complete. It's the stats back it up, but coaches and players started moving their best athletes to corner because they realized the game's a passing offense in high school because it starts in high school before it even got to the NFL. But they realized we got to stop the pass. That's the most important thing. So they started moving their best athletes to corner at a young age. And then players started realizing, okay, if I become a really good corner in Alabama, then I'm more likely to go like Minka Fitzpatrick in the top 10 Otherwise, or if I'm a good receiver, I'm Calvin Ridley, I may be a late first rounder. Or if I'm a running back, I get put at the bottom of the depth chart behind four other really good running backs. So I think people realize there's a demand in in good corners because passing has become paramount. The best athletes are now moving to that position. And LJ, I know you have something on that in a second. But so I started thinking also, why then – would the running back position not diminish greatly? Because the run, the, the, as we've, as I just mentioned, the NFL has gotten to where it's passing more. The rules are not helping running back as far as safety wise, because there's yeah. really nothing they can do. I mean, it's a that's a contact position. I mean, all yeah. you're doing is running into linebackers. Yeah. And but if you look at the last four drafts or so, even more, you've had Todd Gurley, Zeke. Uh, McCaffrey, Fournette, Saquon Bar- Barkley this year, they're all going to be top five picks. Some of the best athletes are still running back positions. And now Le'Veon Bell might be holding out a year because he can't get paid, even though he is probably the most important player as far as how often he touches the ball. He's probably the most important player on the Steelers, but he also is the most likely to get injured. So that's why they're not willing to pay him. So I guess I'll just throw it to you, LJ. Why, why do you think the running back position hasn't diminished. Well, I think one of the things is uh, if, if you imagine like the, the logic of a high schooler um, 
who's who's a tremendous athlete that is the best athlete in town, maybe the state. Um, and you're trying to figure out which position you want to play. Uh, your your whole goal is to win games, right? Because that gets you the attention to get you into a good school to get you a high draft pick later. You know, you just want to win games. And so the position that you're most likely to win games with is probably quarterback. But if you can't throw the ball or make those decisions, then the next best position you can take over a game from, I think, at the high school level is running back. Absolutely. It's the, it's still the glamour position. It's the glamour position in high school. No yeah. doubt. So I think that that leads to it's what you've trained, you know, for the last four years for. So, you know, why change it in college unless you just can't cut it and then, you know, keep going onward. The the best athletes want to be a running back because that's where they can let their. That's uh, where you're Reggie Bush. You're the high athletic skills. Winner. You know, you're you get the ball. Yeah. And you can win. You can win games on your well, own straight up. At that and level. I know I really want to get into, I think we have something fun to get into with the cornerbacks and defensive backs in, in a second, but yeah, well, I'll, I'll tease it real quick. I think cornerbacks are completely overrated and uh, nowhere near as good as, but go on with what you're going to well, say. Speaking <laughs> of, we, 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 we mentioned greeny early. LJ hits you with the greeny tease right there. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, what I was going to say, I agree with what you said with running back. That made, I haven't thought of it that way, but that makes sense. I think it is the position in high school where you can take over. If you can't throw the football, that's the position where you can take over the game because the receiver still needs a quarterback to get him the ball. A running back just – Well, like, and I guess maybe if you think about it another way too, a quarterback needs a receiver to catch the ball. A running back just needs – Just give uh, me the ball. Well, I mean, it's second. like it's like yeah. Bowie Miles said in Friday Night Lights. You just – Give Booby the ball. Just block for Booby. That's all you got to do. And so in high school, that's all running back has to do. Block for yeah. Booby. Just block for Booby. <laughs> Billingsley didn't have to worry about it, whether he fumbled or not. All he has to do is worry about blocking for Booby. But <laughs> the reason I kind of, my theory originally, and I agree with everything you said, but my theory originally to why players, the best athletes go to running back is because whether you're in uh, we had it was called PGY, but whether you're in youth league, wherever you're at, or even junior high, teams don't throw the ball because usually guys, people that age, kids that age can't don't have the arm to really throw the ball down the field. So you run, 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 run. So what you do is like you yeah. mentioned, it kind of goes into what you said. Instead of cutting out the I'm gonna throw it to the receiver, I'm just gonna hand it to my best athlete and let him be the best athlete. And in junior high, if you just get the ball in his hands, he'll probably score. So they do that in seventh grade and then it rolls to eighth grade and then you're just in that position. Now you just stick through it through the rest of your time. And that's what you've been working out, what you've been trying to do since you were 12 years old. And now you're in college and you're Saquon Barkley or Le'Veon Bell, either one of them. I know Le'Veon Bell has great. He is a, he's actually a really good route runner. He has good hands, but he's been practicing running back his whole life and been physically working out to be a running back to endure that contact that that's the position he now plays. And he wants to change the way the dynamics are and the way running backs get paid, but teams just aren't willing to pay running backs because as we just mentioned, your position is meant to take a ball and run as fast as you can into other players that are at least as big as you, if not bigger. And a lot of times put your head down when we learn that that's just asking for a concussion. I mean, it just, it doesn't last mm-hmm. as long as a receiver. Yeah. So you're not going to guarantee that guy the money, but I want to get on to LJ you you say cornerbacks are overrated? I mean, in this game, we're getting to where Tom Brady can win a game with with zero running backs or or quarterback. I mean, quarterbacks seem like all it yeah. takes is you have a good quarterback and you can win. So I would think a cornerback is the most valuable thing. It's the hardest position 
in the game in my eyes. But you say it's overrated? Yeah, I do. I think that cornerback is uh, like the fifth most important oh, position no. on a defense because <laughs> that is strong. That, yeah, I think so. Because 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 the deal is um, the so the quarterbacks are woefully underprotected because every team has a Von Miller type player now. Um, so a quarterback to be successful, the quarterbacks with the highest, uh, with over a hundred passer rating, they have about 2.7 okay. seconds to get rid of the ball. That's the best quarterbacks. Th- those are the people that would presumably have the most time to think yeah. about where to throw the ball. That's a lot. That's of time. The, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers. That's the, well, that's the people that get that's, some protection. That, that 2.7 is a lot of time actually, right? You're saying yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying. And, and 2.7 seconds is also in another way, not a lot of time to uh to stay on your man like that's i think a total of six or seven steps um that you have to you have to keep your guy covered so so i think that the more important position is that guy in a passing league is that guy that can get around the corner and get to the quarterback every team has a guy that can get there in under two and a half seconds every single team has a guy that can do that and that guy is much more valuable to it making the quarterback scared um and make bad throws and then the cornerback just gets to profit off of the filtration of mistakes that come through the rest of the defense. Hmm. So if you look at like the Legion of Boom, right, um, had these incredible secondary players. That's but Seattle, in reality, for anyone who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seattle. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also had uh, this incredible uh, front line that made sure that the ball wouldn't coming out without dealing with some problems. The Broncos won the Super Bowl on the exact same merit. Akeem Tlaib and Chris Harris Jr., very good, but... They're they're just making sure that they're there it when Von Miller Von causes Miller a problem. Marcus Ware coming, coming off the edge, edge. absolutely. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. They're they're just catching the the filtration of mistakes. So that's my so, opinion on it. And I'm interested to hear what you say, Dad. But that I agree to an extent that I I think it's a mutual relationship. I don't think it's one over the other. I think if you looked at so you said uh, quarterbacks with an over 100 passer rating had 2.7. Go look at yeah. those quarterbacks at under. 80, I bet they only had like a second or a second and a half because those teams have really good pressure. I think uh, under 75 passer ratings, uh, they have 2.6. So hardly a difference, actually. It doesn't seem like a lot of time. It's not a lot of time at all. First, well, I want to first off say, once again, it just shows how amazing quarterbacks are. Like people think we that it's over-exaggerated how important quarterbacks are, but 2.7 seconds is all you have to decide where this ball needs to go is incredibly fast and that's with the quarterbacks that have a lot of time but so you're saying the edge rusher the von millers of the world are more important than the akeep to leave well i say akeep yeah he's not the best corner in the league to me but But, but yes i think that's the answer yeah i think that uh if i were to if i were to start building a defense right now um to to play in the league currently i would go with the pass rusher before i'd go with the cornerback so if i'm building an offense i'm probably going with a left tackle Right, because I need to stop That's that edge. That's next point well, is. I think you're getting right, but yes. I think – well, let me just say this, and I may be getting a little ahead on your point, but I think what we're going to see no. is football goes in waves, you know, and right now you're – Kevin, you yeah, mentioned – Yeah, it does. The, the, the deal has come that we get an athlete out in space and let him do his thing, and did that make the cornerbacks more important to stop that guy? You had to have an equal athlete to stop that athlete that's in space with yeah. the ball. And I do think where I saw LJ, I think, going and is that we are probably going to get back to that 
offensive line and a running back that can move the ball. And I think you – I want to give you full credit, LJ. You said it in, in something you wrote where a, a running back that can use that space that that lineman provides. And you've been seeing left tackles and offensive linemen, Zag Martin, make money, make yeah. bucks. So I do th- – Right. We're going because back the other way, I think, perhaps. A, yeah, you're exactly right, because football is not a solved game like tic-tac-toe, where there's one strategy that wins it. Football is an unsolved game where you put out a strategy and there mm-hmm. is a counter mm-hmm. to that strategy, and then there is a counter to that strategy. I love that. And it's the way it goes. Yeah, so you're looking at a, a passing attack that is ruling the NFL, so the defense has to respond with, let's get back there quickly. And then the offense has to respond with, well, let's block them hard. And while we've got that, might as well just hand the ball off, you know, an extra 10 times a game and see what happens. And, and oh, uh, by the way, if you've got a Zeke I, Elliott or a Le- Le'Veon Bell that can get out there in the in the flats and catch a ball with space and do something and can run from behind the line. I mean, that's the guy. Yeah. Can he make money, though? Can can Are running yeah. backs going to start getting paid, LJ? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I'm I'm implying that they're going to be that important. I'm implying that um, I don't know what the funding is going to be for that position, but I know that a smart team's going to want to make sure that they can have the next Sean Alexander that they can just feed the ball to. And that's because I think that's where the league's going to be, is you're trying to get somebody that can get past Von Miller on a handoff. Um, and make him rushing the quarterback a mistake um, and have to pull back pass rushers. Real quick, can I I want to defend because I said cornerbacks is the toughest position and I still stand behind that. But and this actually goes into your your argument, LJ, and that's that I think it's easier for a top notch Von Miller type defensive end to get by a linebacker or get by a left tackle than it is for because if if you're either going to get held or you're going to get by him or one that I, it's easier for him to get to that quarterback than it is for a really good corner to lock up on Antonio Brown without getting called for a rinky dink pass interference or hold it. Like the rules are skewed against this corner. This corner not only has to be an amazing athlete and guard someone else on the other side, like Antonio Brown is also an amazing athlete. Julio Jones is a, a beast, and you're guarding these people, and the rules are skewed against you where a defensive lineman. The rules are kind of in your favor. They can't put their hands in your face. They can't. They can't hold you. They can't do anything. Ultimately, that argues that cornerback's harder, but it tells you that go go get a really good edge rusher because not only is it important, but the rules help him out also. And I mm-hmm. haven't thought of it that way. That's interesting. I do I think like, you're right. I like I think, what you're coming up with, L. I do. But um, I think at the same time, you, I, it's a it's an equal. It's a marriage. You you need to. Because obviously a good pass rush does nothing if you can't cover the guy you're in front of you. But it helps you whoa, 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 immensely. Whoa, whoa. I think a good pa- good pass rush rush can cover up a lack of defensive backfield. But so, a really good defensive backfield can make a pass that. rush look better. There, if, yes, yes. I think something though with with a defensive back is there's nobody in the whole world that's going to cover. Uh, Julio okay, Jones good point. for I, it's impossible. Steps. You can't do it. You, you can't, can't guard Antonio Brown and Julio Jones and the best receivers and Odell Beckham for over three seconds. It's just you can't do it. It's not happening. But you can get to Eli Manning or right. Matt Ryan or Ben Roethlisberger in under three seconds. So I, I, I so I think okay. the argument is they're taking the path of least resistance by getting that yeah. end rusher. And so how are offenses going to counteract that? They're going to counteract that with strong linemen. Yeah agile but strong linemen and running backs that can slow down that pass rush. I mean, I 
uh, Coach Coach Lutheringer might be the guy. He might be well. Yeah. So what's so, Dad? The funny thing is, I don't want to get too far back in our last conversation, but John Gruden doesn't want anything to do with this because this is analytical and this is data. And analy- data. This is data, data, yeah. data, data. And yeah, but you know, okay. But here's the other thing, though, is if he's trying to take it back to what 1995. Then he's accidentally following what I'm saying is going to happen. <laughs> he's going to so, tra- he's going to accidentally so, trip into you know, success. Yeah, he might. This might be the worst decade of Bronco history. All well, right. I tell you what, I, <laughs> we'll still be well, doing this got? show in a year, and we'll find out. We'll we'll see how Gruden does next year. So, and now we bring on the winner of the inaugural JPP bracket challenge. Hey, oh, we have we have Jake Perlman coming on. Going on, Jake the Snake. <laughs> oh my goodness! Where did you find that? You did. Is that on MySpace still? <laughs> no, I had a I had an actual physical CD of it still. No way. Yeah, dude. Was oh. that Jake on guitar right there? Was that Jake yeah. jamming on guitar? Yeah, like ten years ago. <laughs> Holy shit. That CD is still dope, by the way. That's oh, well, thanks. <laughs> Clowns is my jam. I lost so- all my copies on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll send for you those, a new one. Don't worry. <laughs> for those out there, that was that was Jake ripping the ripping the guitar when we, we came in. So Jake Jake the Snake, what was your what was your secret to winning? Yeah, the you had some challenge? special. Yeah, what I want to hear the secret. What's up? I guess it's beginner's luck. Because I've never done one before. Hey, first bracket winner. I know what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There must be something to it. So 100% um, of the time that you've entered into a bracket challenge, you've won. I've won. Yes, that's correct. I'm a winner. It's a good (laughs) winner. But there was no um, real secret to it. Now, did you have Villanova winning at all? Yeah. Was there there a reason reason for your pick? Or you just just like, like... the way that name looked on the bracket. Um, I think I'd heard uh, Cody say that Villanova was good. Uh, Shouts out Cody. Um, and he was kind of we we did it at his, we we did it at work. We worked together, so uh, we did it at his computer. And he had just done his bracket, and um, he said, "Well, do you want to do one?" And I said, "Does it cost any money?" And he said, "No." And I said, "Okay, I guess I'll do it." Um, so he he literally just read each matchup to me without rankings and i just picked who i who i wanted to go to the next i love round. it was there yeah, was there it. any so basically it was mostly off names um and if i knew them or not like i think there's some teams i didn't want to win so i'd go <laughs> against them but besides that it was just blind luck <laughs> well, well let's uh, say who came in second kev go ahead and say who came in second oh was it uh, cody lewis did he end up coming no it was cody no, cody mcgee oh cody no McGee. it was it was sweaty basketballs he got sweaty basketballs right same guy that's helping jake pick these teams yeah so i guess that's the whisperer right. really he's kind of salty about <laughs> he's salty mm-hmm. well uh yeah but cody cody probably wouldn't have been good to bring him on i, I just hope he hears this and me and me saying that cody <laughs> cody would have been shitty to come on the pod so even trash i think i disagree i think cody would be good too we're gonna have cody on sometime <laughs> so jake you took most people were really excited to see the Michigan State Duke game in the second round of that and that bracket in the bottom right. But you actually had Syracuse yeah. upsetting not only their first round but onto the second round and beating 
beating Michigan State. Was there was there a reasoning for that, or just you were a big Jim Beheim fan? Um, I th- no, uh, there's no real reason to any of this. I don't mean to get philosophical, you know, but um, yeah, no, I just remember. I feel like as a kid, I heard Syracuse was a good basketball team. And so I think there you it go. must still be. So really. <laughs> There's no reason, like, and like Michigan State. I don't, I don't know anything about Michigan State. Like, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I picked Syracuse. They can't yeah, be. Do you, know, basketball do you know the team. coach? Do you know the coach for Michigan State? No. Okay. You know the coach for Syracuse? Nope. Okay. Did you win the basketball challenge? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You can't argue with results. Doesn't, no. you know, doesn't matter how you so to continue on the victory lap, Jake's going to join us in on the next topic. And, and LJ, I want to let you kind of kick us off on a little art versus artist, art versus artist, LJ, you take it away. What do you got? Well, so, so one of my, uh, one of my favorite rappers right now, uh, little Dicky, uh, he's got a, he's got a brand new song out and it's a really fun song. It's, it's really clever. It's really funny. It's, it's really good. Um, and it's featuring Chris Brown. Um, Chris Brown famously Freaky Friday, right? Is that the yeah, song? Yeah, the song's and Freaky I Friday. To it for y'all older um, generation people, it's really a cool song. It's 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 funny, it's, it's good. fun, it's yeah, well it's done. But but Chris Brown famously is uh not like abusive would be understating what he did to his girlfriend at the time. So I feel I feel weird supporting somebody with my views on YouTube. Uh, somebody that, that that doesn't seem to be a very good person. Except for I I mean I if you all right. Well, uh, so like John Lennon was a self-admitted abuser and Paul McCartney famously wrote, Hey Jude for, uh, Lennon's son, because, uh, his son was living such a tough life, um, with his abusive dad beating him and his mom on a regular basis. And John Lennon's considered one of the best singer songwriters of all time. The song Imagine is one of the best songs to have ever been written, but it comes from somebody that is not good. And every time you listen to it, you are in some or or every time you buy it, you're in some sense supporting the artist that created it. And uh, and and another thing that uh, that I found was that like uh, the Cosby show was a big deal because it came at a time where where being black in America was not something that was acceptable and they just treated it like it was normal. They let you dream if you were a, a black child of becoming a doctor um, instead of, you know, just hoping to to pay rent. And I, I just think back in the heyday of that show, you know, like for for dad's generation, I think it was probably a relatively normal show. I don't think it was something that you thought too much about enjoying. But the generations before them probably did have a lot of trouble with why their kids would would relate to uh, these people that are unlike them in their eyes. And so the show did all of this good, but, but I can't watch the show anymore without feeling creeped out because of what Bill Cosby has. Um, I mean, I think still allegedly done, but, but definitely I think done, but, but art is greater than any one person. Uh, Picasso painting speaks more than Picasso does. Uh, who cares if Van Gogh was crazy? I just, I don't, I don't know whether I should, should care more about the art or the artist when the artist is not a good person. What do you guys think? I think it's a great question. When does art outweigh the artist? And so I'm, I'm like you. I don't want to watch. The Cosby show was fantastic. I mean, it was hilarious. It put black families. There were it just it was a great show for the time. Black families were normal to some of us that didn't know they were normal. And now Bill Cosby has. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's still alleged. But Bill Cosby's done some very 
bad things, apparently. The, Terrible things. The retrial starts tomorrow. Monday. We're recording this Sunday. The retrial starts tomorrow. It looks doesn't it, look good. It doesn't look good for Cosby. And it, what you talked about, Lennon, I think the, the phrase that you said, LJ, that I thought was, at what point does a bad person outweigh good art? Do you have to write imagine to be forgiven? Wow. How powerful is that? Imagine, like you said, is one of the greatest songs ever. But apparently John Lennon did a lot of negative things. I'm glad we have Imagine. I'm glad we have that song. Yeah. The reason that we buy those albums is not because these people are good people. That's not that's not ever what's driven me to a CD store. It's like, oh, well, this person's just so wholesome. I want to I want to buy their work. It has to be good work. Like that's that's my primary goal. Well, I'll tell you owning. when the Dixie Chicks went on that real negative rant, you know, about, I think it was George W. And I wasn't the biggest fan of George W., but I love the Dixie Chicks. I think they sound beautiful. I like a lot of their music. I'm going to listen to the Dixie Chicks. I mean, I, you can say what you want to say if, unless it's hurting kids or old people, you know, pretty much. And and if you make good music, I'm probably still going to listen to you. Kids and old people. Yeah. I don't know. You just can't pick on kids and old people. You just can't do it. Right. It's just... Yeah, that's what I was, I was well, thinking. It's as, as far as separating art from the artist, um, it always seems like we don't care too much if the artist is doing something that hurts themselves. We seem to glorify uh, mm, maybe yeah. junkies like uh, Charlie Parker played the saxophone, but he was also a heroin junkie. Yeah, but nobody seems to care too much about that. Mm, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. as opposed to if Very you hurt somebody else in any other way. Um, yeah. Another thing I was thinking about is that it seems that it's probably less important to people if you're not in front of, if you're not a star, if you're not in front of the camera somehow. Yeah. Um, like maybe, a, yeah. maybe a Roman Polanski or something like that. They don't, yes, the great nobody example. knows anything about that, you know, hmm. or the yeah. average person probably doesn't know much about that. Well, cause Roman right. Polanski, Whereas everybody knows about Chris Brown. Well, Roman Polanski allegedly had several, Flings. I don't know what the word would be with with well, underage and, girls. And not he? even allegedly. Oh, it's um, real. Not even it's, allegedly. There's yeah. yeah. He pled to unlawful um, sexual intercourse with a 13 year old. But he was an amazing filmmaker. Yeah. And then right. Yeah, he still is. I can and still presumably watch a, still is. You know, yeah. Rosemary's Baby, and say that's a great movie. But mm. I think it's easier to say that because he's making. He's behind the camera. So if I had yeah. to actually be faced with Roman Polanski in every shot of that movie, if he was in the frame. I might feel differently. Well, it goes like when you watch House of Cards with Kevin Spacey in it. Every time you see Kevin Spacey, you're just, you right. see that face and you think that thought instantly. We were watching Seven the and other it, night and it was like that. What a movie. Yeah, well, it's hard to watch uh, American Beauty because that oh, yeah, movie especially. is so close to what he was uh, doing. And it's just, uh, that's difficult. Um, but I think, I don't know, I was thinking about like what we can do to like make it better because I think that art is important and somebody creating something great is more important than, than whether or not they're perfect because none of us are perfect. I mean, like we don't want to support evil, but we also don't want to lose out on something that can change the world in a positive way just because the person that did it was bad. Well, I have a quick, I have a, uh, you can kind of move this over into the athletic realm a little bit in the sense of it's, it's all about how good you are at the thing that you do. So, like, Greg Hardy did some horrific things, and then he tried to come back, and if he would have been really good, I, I didn't agree with the Cowboys signing him, but if he'd have been really good, people probably would have forgot about the awful things that were alleged against him. 
Kobe Bryant, on the other hand, was alleged of maybe raping someone and they settled we don't know. It's all allegedly whether it was money or not. But Kobe Bryant went on to be a great basketball player, and now we just see him as this amazing player, great person. And now we he won an Oscar for a movie, and he's a, he's part of the Me Too Oscar movement when he might yeah. have might have been involved in rape. It's just how good are you at at the trade that you that you are in? Chris Brown's really good at well, singing. Good Chris, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Well, you know, has there been an f bomb on the show yet? Drop, yeah. I, I think there has been uh, one, but real. there could be one. No, but go for it. Well, we can bleep it out, but I want to say fuck Chris <laughs> Brown. I don't like Chris Brown. For? I don't think that. I think that's fair. For for being a piece of shit. You know, I don't disagree with you. But his he, art is nowhere even near somewhere that you could even start to think, well, he makes, you know, great art, so I'll, I'll forgive him for the terrible things that he does. A take you down is not the yeah, same thing I mean, as think, imagine. <laughs> that's true. You, you're you're right. I mean, absolutely. I don't know, but I was I was trying to think of a solution for it. Like, what what can we do to to still keep valuable art, which you know doesn't necessarily have to include Chris Brown. But I think like maybe there's a possibility that we could consider that artists shouldn't ever have been billionaires in the first place. Like a starving artist is the generally the peak of an artist's career is the stuff that they did when they were desperate. Right. You know, and I think that all these artists having safety blankets anyway. Like part of the reason is like, I feel like I'm, I'm making a millionaire out of a bad person when I enjoy a YouTube video made by somebody that I don't agree with in every way. And if, you know, they were just getting their wages to, to buy their dinner at night, like any other hardworking American, then I feel like I would want to respect the art and not be worried about how perfect the person behind it was. Does that make any sense? Yeah, um, I don't think that that your well, your one YouTube view is going to change. Yeah, but if problem. everybody says that, well, yeah, but I mean, good luck getting the you know collective consciousness of America. Yeah, it's a totally theoretical concept. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it's not something that is feasible. Yes, in any if we could all way, just but. stop like being entertained by. Uh, first off, I think that people get like entertained by the the bad acts themselves. Some people are probably more interested in Chris Brown for being a bad person than for making any kind of music, whatever you think about it. Yeah. I think the the storm around his bad actions is more entertaining. To well, so people. I guess where I'm getting at and as we wrap up this topic is, do you think you should not support, as in you shouldn't watch a movie with Kevin Spacey, you shouldn't listen to a Chris Brown song because of the actions they've made? Or do you respect the art? of what they have done and and forget it because by you listening and streaming their music or watching their movies you're you're profiting them you're giving them financial gain and, and encouraging their lifestyle. so is there a too. middle line or is it all the same is it are they two different things or is it all together i think it depends on what they do yeah that, it, you know in yeah. prison what 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 i've heard i've not been in prison but what i've heard <laughs> your time at alcatraz is that they look down on After that on, fight last week i wasn't sure well yeah but anyway but what i hear that they they really look down on child molesters mm-hmm. more than uh thieves or even murderers you know child molesters or sexual molestation that they look down on that. Now, I don't think I could Natalie Maines of the Dixie Chicks just talked smack on George W. And and, and was probably right in hindsight, by the way. And was probably halfway right, at least halfway right, <laughs> if not more. So, I mean, that I can listen to her music and be okay. Was it Chris Brown's that liked to urinate on yeah, you? R. Kelly. I mean, I don't... That was, that, that was Kills. And that was who? R. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Okay, I'm so sorry then. I Chris Brown, I apologize. I was well, wrong. Don't apologize too hard. It's well, not R. Kelly, I will not listen to because that was that's nasty. I mean, 
So I will not listen to someone that is a child molester or or, or that does something negative to children or old people, like I said before. See, that puts me in a tight but, spot because when I go to a, a karaoke, I'm trying to sing Remix to Ignition like that. That's my go-to. Is that R. Kelly? Yeah, that's R. Kelly. Yeah. yeah so, oh, oh, wait. Oh, it does like R. Damn. Kelly. I do kind of like yeah. that song. Yeah. Man, well, you're vegetarian great. until you find out pepperonis are meat. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where do we draw the line or can we draw I the line? I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I think it's, I think, I think art has to art way, outweigh the artist in my opinion. I mean, I, but I hate to say that because I hate to support people that I don't respect. But I just think that's that's where I've got to land personally. If if I'm moved by a piece, I got to be moved by a piece and I'm not going to try to change that. But then on the other hand, like Jake was saying, if I am confronted with a face that I don't want to look at, then it's probably going to make sure that I don't get moved by that piece. Yeah. Right. So something like an artist, like painting is probably a lot easier to separate the yeah. art from the artist because you're not looking or hearing or touching the artist. Yeah. You're just seeing the artwork itself. So it stands on its own merits. I think a lot easier than say a Chris Brown song or a Kevin Spacey movie or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But I think as long as you're honest with yourself about it, then it's fine. I like, I yeah. like R Kelly, you know, I know he's a piece of shit. As long as you're honest and upfront about it. All right. So we're running up against that's clock, a good so subject let's, though. Let's, yeah. let's table that subject. And that's one that should be had at tables around. I think it's an interesting topic and it's, it's worth having. Let's let's take a total a total left turn here and and go on to just uh, our segment of the show where we just do the 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 random shit where we just thoughts that come into our mind and we just kind of spit them out. So, Dad, you mentioned something about I don't know I don't know if you mentioned it earlier in the show, but was your was your birthday recently? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny that you'd mentioned that, but yeah, I'm. Surprised you would bring it up, but yes, my birthday okay. was last week. So well, and you found an issue. Happy you birthday. found an issue. <laughs> yeah, there's he, he elicited okay. another happy birthday. So there we go. <laughs> okay, thank you, Jake. So no, all right. Here's the deal. So I write the date a lot in my everyday work and what I do for a living. I I have to put the date on a lot of things, and and yeah. I'm just a big. I'm fastidious about putting the date what on a word. anything. A little post-it note or whatever. There you go. <laughs> so. Every time I write four six, I tend to write the date I was born. I can't write four six eighteen. I write four six sixty five. You know, which is I, it's way back there. But do y'all do that on your birthday? So LJ, yours is nine nine. Do you write when it's nine nine nineteen or eighteen? You write nine nine eighty nine. Yeah. No matter what, yeah, Kevin, you probably write twelve ten. What ninety three? I hey, think. There you right. Go. Wait, you remember? Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Well, I so remember. at first, I, I'll go ahead and jump in. At first, I thought you were insane. I thought, I've never thought about that. And But I think normally if I were to write 1210 out, a lot of times I probably like naturally just think I'm writing 93 because you write, you fill out. I don't do it as often as you do probably or have since you've been on this earth. You've been on this earth a little longer than I have. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not old for the job. I'm just old for the earth. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I notice I probably would tend to write think ninety three, but I I've never accidentally wrote ninety three when I've been meaning to write seventeen or sixteen now. Oh, I do it all the time, and maybe it's because I've done it more than y'all. I mean, Jake, do you do you do that on your birthday? Uh, I don't. I don't think I ever have. Uh, maybe in school. Um, fortunately, yeah. now I get my birthday off work, so I don't really have any occasion to write the date. Don't write a date on your birthday. Yeah. 
Mm. So that's that's. I will the, say the while, while we're on the topic of dates, it just came to me. Does any like I still haven't gotten used to writing 2018 or what? I'm doing pretty good this year. Still, wow. It's April, dude. I'm telling you, man. It's <laughs> really? weird. I don't know. It takes me so long. To, by the time I get used to it, it's we're closer to the next year than we are. You'll, the get, past you'll get used year. to oh, it in like okay. seven no. months or so. No, the over under for me is about twelve days. Right. You know, usually by January the thirteenth. But, I, but we've already said that I don't write the date near as often as you do in your everyday. I write the date all the time. True that. True that. Okay. Well, I have a something that really just. You know, I'm, I'm not going to do my whole grind my gear segment, but something that just really bothers me is when technology doesn't work right. Specifically in, in all technology, like for 90% of the time it always works right. But when, when Bluetooth in your vehicle doesn't work right, it is the most frustrating thing. When you don't know whether to put your phone to your ear or talk into the truck or is your Bluetooth yeah. headphones set up? And maybe that's a first world problem. That's a very, very... <laughs> Does it not bother anyone else when, when it just seems like to when technology works, it's so easy, but when it doesn't, it's so tough to figure out what's the issue. Cause there's just so much we're, we're, we're run by technology now. Yeah. The Bluetooth thing is frustrating. So I've got an example of this though. So like, all right, I'm driving back from a little river, right? I got an hour drive and I got a podcast I want to listen to. And for some reason, my Bluetooth will not connect. It just won't. So I, I pull over on the side of the road. I think I think it was three different times. Turn my truck completely <laughs> off. <laughs> turn everything off. Restart it, hoping my Bluetooth will catch because I really wanted to listen to this on the way home. It was so annoying. And then it never would. So I just listened to nothing. I rode home out of spite. Daydreamed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Out of, it wasn't out of choice. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I could have listened to Sirius or something radio. But, but I guess I that's the thing is nothing. when when technology doesn't work, then it it's actually worse than not having the technology in the first place. Yeah. It's just terrible. Because yeah, we've, we've become so it's dependent like on it. Like now we're like, ah, what the hell do I do? I don't know what to do. How do, do I have to hold my phone to my ear? What What is this? So speaking on what you were, you ended up not listening to anything on your way home, dad. But we're going to go into what we're listening to. The segment we always end the show with. Since we got Jake joining us, the, the winner of the JPP Challenge. We'll go ahead and start off with you, Jake. What have you been listening to? Uh, today, I was listening to a Nina Simone song called uh, "Nice Funkier Than a Mosquito's Tweeter. <laughs> well, the title has me intrigued already. Well, yeah, it is funkier than Mosquito's Tweeter. You should check it out. It's, um, it's very good. <laughs> well, that'll be on the site. And, is that uh, nice appropriate? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. For Some what for age? <laughs> All right, all right, Jake. Did you have? Do you have something else? Uh, no, I mean not today. That's all I've been listening to. But for the last oh, okay. couple of weeks, all I've been listening to is Death Grips. You can check okay. that out. Any, okay. Any specific album or just just all of them? But they're not all age just, appropriate. That, that, so that one's not as fun for all ages. <laughs> no, I think that would scare young children probably pretty easily, <laughs> or old children. <laughs> old children, yeah. <laughs> all right pops what, what, what what's been in your earbuds all right well I, this i'm going back old school so uh, my buddy is really into the foo fighters and i like Good some taste. foo fighters but i've been listening to the acoustic set of in your honor i have been really on that lately and that is yeah. fan freaking tastic 
So yeah. that will be up on the website. If you haven't heard it yet, I mean, it's well, how old is that, LJ? I think you turned me on to that. That's 10, 15 I mean, yeah. years old. Uh, yeah, probably 15. But Foo Fighters, in your honor, the acoustic set. Fantastic. Great stuff. I like some Foo Fighters. LJ, what you got? Um, I've been listening to, uh, I've got a show coming up and it's set in Detroit. So I've been listening to a lot of Detroit music. So specifically, I've been listening to a rap producer called Jay Dilla. Oh, nice. Jay Good Dilla. stuff. And then uh, Jay Dilla, he's I very good. Any Jay Dilla. Um, I've been no, listening to no, a lot I'm of them. Uh, listen to the album intrigued. Donuts. Well, you Donuts. have, okay. you have heard Jay Dilla. He's on everything. He's, he's a great producer. Um, I've been listening to uh, Jack White a lot too. Blue Orchid is just one of the most jamming songs. Seven Nation Army is great. Um, just, Icky, yeah, Thump. Jack Icky Thump was a great album by Icky Jack Thump. White. Yeah, for sure. So that's me lately. And a lot of Motown, but like I can't narrow it down to one thing. Just, I've just been just listening to a ton link of Motown. Link all of Motown. <laughs> yeah, if you could just link Motown. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's what I got. Well, I have one song I mentioned to you, LJ, the other day. One song has been, I, I, I stumbled upon it when I was on Twitter. I heard it. I was, I watched like a 40 second video and I thought the song's really cool. So I went and looked through the replies and someone else in the replies, like, what is the song? And then someone mentioned to what it was. And I went to it on SoundCloud and found it. It, it took a little work, but the songs by Camel Fat, I had never heard of them before, but Camel Fat, <laughs> like the group, the, the song's called Cola and it's the Zahu remix. Just look up if you look up Cola Zahu Remix. It's Z H U. It's I don't know the songs. Just the way the sounds go together is just super cool to me. I, I I loved it. Yeah. Also, but more what I've been listening to is I needed a change of pace. I didn't want something new. I wanted something I've I've already known, but something a little different than what I've been going. I wanted to swim against the grain a little bit, so I threw on some. Uh, Kanye Yeezus because I feel like if you haven't if you haven't listened to Yeezus okay. in the current calendar year then you probably should so I went it's in Death th- Grips Light okay. <laughs> Death Grips I haven't heard Death Grips but if it, if it's if it's well it's not exactly Kanye <laughs> they're very different I don't know I think I'm gonna check it out I think Yeezus it's <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how you'll feel about it Dad but I think Yeezus I think Kanye is one of those people. He's going to be like LeBron when he's gone. We're going to wish we had admired him more while he was while he was still producing the best Kanye album. Uh, graduation. Uh, let's see. Now we're about to jump into a whole another podcast topic. But <laughs> yeah, we we'll need six hours so for this. Oh, Kanye off album. the off the dome. Jesus. All right, LJ. What do you got? Jesus is good, but graduation. Uh, Jake says Jesus. I like right, that old Kevin, Kanye. So. And LJ says graduation off the top of the dome. This is really tough because I'm going to go beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy as my top. Mm. But I don't know. That's tough. That, okay. That's tough. But yeah. we'll have we'll have upcoming another podcast Dad, featuring Jake where we just talk Kanye albums because we can. We're going to have just a music. We're going to have just a music uh, one soon. Seriously. Just music. That's it. All right, and I think that wraps it up for this week. So we had the normal group. We had LJ and Pops joining us, like always. And then the winner of the, somehow the winner of the JPP Bracket Challenge, Jake, joined us in on it. The Snake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks we, for having we, me. Yeah, we appreciate you you fitting some time in to join us before WrestleMania and whatever else shit you got to do. Yeah, thanks, thanks for validating my win. <laughs> <laughs> and now that Jake's done with his victory lap across the Just Press Play 
track. But like always, mention if you have any comments or any any objections to anything we mentioned on the pod, hit us up on Twitter at JPP Podcast or on Facebook at Just Press Play. You can also find us on the web at jpppod.com or justpressplaypod.com. If you have any arguments, golfers are not athletes, cornerbacks are overrated, and the best Kanye album. Hit us up. And for this week's episode, it's Kevin, LJ, Pops, Jake. We out. Peace. Peace. Don't, wait, golfers aren't athletes? <laughs> Yes, yeah, see, we talked about that Jake, earlier. You should have got in earlier. Got, Wait, we're having him back on. Well, Do you I'll think golfers are not athletes, or they are?